I thought, you know what, I would really like a new challenge. Mm. And my brain was whirring and I was thinking, where would I like to move next? And I wanted to do something in finance. And initially I looked at um, maybe going into the city and doing some trading and sort of completely starting from scratch at the bottom of the ladder. Mm. And I think I was 30 something and I just, oh no, I'm far too old to be doing that. That's all 20 or something. So I thought, no, what else could I do in finance? And I decided to retrain um, and do mortgage broking. So I went off and um, did a crash course and got my qualifications um, quite quickly and decided to become a self-employed mortgage broker. So I started off doing mortgage broking and then I started training mortgage brokers and then I started to dip my toe into, I'd already bought a couple of buy-to-let properties by that point Mm. when um, we had the physio practice. But I then, once I started to understand mortgages a little bit more, um, I started to buy more properties. I had a business partner and um, we began a property portfolio and then moved into property training and helping other people to get onto the property ladder and start to build property portfolio work. The, even just the jump in that, I know we've maybe mm. touched on this already, but like that just jump of, right, I've done this now, now I'm going to crack on with this. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah, just, it, do you hell? know, because again, this this is a, a thing, like, I, I think this is why maybe this whole entrepreneurship lifestyle seems so unachievable, maybe for the larger percentage, I'm just talking from my own, yeah. I guess, reflection on things, but because, you know, it's like, it's almost as if, right, I've done this physio side of stuff, mm. now I'm going into property, and I can imagine most people are like, right, yeah, so what did you do in the middle bit to do that, but I just pivoted. I just swatched. I just knew that I wanted to do something. I needed a new challenge. I wanted to have um, experience and expertise. Life is so short. We have like, what, 80 years or 90 years if we're lucky on this planet. We haven't got time to waste. And I've got so many things that I had wanted to try and do. And I'm a great believer. You just do something for as long as you enjoy it. And Mm. when you don't, you review things and you move on. And, you know, a lot of people manage to stay in one niche sector Mm. for their whole career and that's totally great for them and if they as long as it's you know challenging them and helping them feel that they're getting the most out of life but for me I do get bored and I wanted to find a new level of something I wanted to have another level of income I wanted to I was ambitious for lots of um, things and I wanted to try my hand at something else and see if I could do it and become successful So I started at the bottom learning how to be a mortgage broker. I started at the beginning buying uh, a property Mm. and then started to grow and widen my knowledge. And then Mm. once I'd got to a certain level, I was in a position that I could teach it and show it to others. I love training and helping people. Mm. So that was a really great fit for me. And so we did that for quite a number of years. And then I moved into um, investment and development and building and construction and, um, you know, converting barns and commercial buildings and new builds and NHBC houses and those sorts of things. So I also um, did a few years doing those things um, before the market changed. But okay. all of those things were just exciting and new. And I'm, I'm so glad I did them. Sure. Just, I guess, going, bringing those two things together, the physio side of stuff and, the, and then moving into the property, I guess some people maybe listening to this might just be in a position where they're like, yeah, well, that's all right because clearly you've had like the fun, the funds and finances to do that. And I've, I've, I get where they're 50%. Well, it used to be actually before, you know, doing even moving into Mm -hmm. the pods and things like that and researching that probably 80% of me would have agreed with them people to say, well, you know, it's all right. Some people say, well, the finance back into it, but you know, again, 
it's a massive jump going from your own private physio to then having multiple properties on your portfolio. Yeah. yeah. So when people maybe come to you and tell you that my finances are the biggest barrier to me starting these things, because again, you know, from a social media perspective, I guess the entrepreneurs that do their little snippets of, you know, how amazing Sound you could be, of, yeah. you're Freedom like, well, lifestyle. yeah, cheers, thanks, you've got yeah. a couple million sitting in the bank no. and you're doing this up in front of a private yeah, jet. So, that. and you know, again, the probably finances and the financial side being the biggest barrier for people. So what would you say to someone then or people that are just like, Caroline, you know, I have this idea, duh, 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 but my finances just aren't there yet. Is it just as simple as saying to them, Go and sort your fucking finances then and then start afterwards. You don't need large bank balances in order mm. to start a business. Megan, my daughter, did not have a large bank balance when mm. she got started. I didn't fund her business. That was one of the biggest lessons that I was really adamant that I would be teaching my kids how to manage their money. Mm. I don't gift them any things. Everything that they have is because they've worked so bloody hard yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. And I think people look in on our window and they think, oh yeah, you've given them all the... I haven't. I absolutely yeah. haven't. I, you I know could, full well. I could, yeah, I could definitely yeah. back that up, particularly with Zach as well. Yeah. He has to earn <laughs> yeah. because that's the biggest lesson I can teach them yeah. is how to look after themselves. Yeah. And it's so vital and so many parents are, I don't want to say it's the easy option because I, you know, I'm so tempted to sort of pave the way and make things easier for your kids. It's a natural thing to want to do, mm. but we're not teaching them any lessons by just enabling them. Mm. And it then creates a sense of entitlement and it then creates a, a lack of hunger for them to be successful and to have mm. pride in what they create. So sure. everything that Megan has is because of her own endeavors and her own hard work and her own tenacity and resilience and discipline mm. and working out herself and mm. of course I'm here to help her and brainstorm with her and to guide her but she works so hard mm. and you know she forfeits going out sometimes because she has to see clients because she has to organize things or sort things or she has this level of responsibility because it's her business but on the upside she also has six holidays booked this year mm. she's off to Dubai for the second time in a few months and she's got this amazing lifestyle because of how hard she works and because she's managing her money mm. and she didn't have, as I say, she didn't have anything when she started and she had to start by going out to see everyone in their client homes. So she was a mobile beautician at the beginning and she literally started off with a one day course and then she was moonlighting. She worked in the evenings mm. and at weekends on top of her day job in order to start building her client list up. And it was only when she had enough money to replace her day income that I gave her the green light. I mean, she was an Do you adult by long, then. how long that was? That, that, that took five or six it? months, I think. Yeah. But she was working a full day at work and then six till 11 she was applying lashes to mm. people in their homes driving around she was working really long hours then she was working at the weekend sometimes in an event and then she would see her clients mm. and so it was it was a staged process and it was a managed plan that we put together with her and you know we watched the money and we saw it grow mm. and by the time she had enough to replace her day job then she was ready and she'd also learnt lots of things on how to manage her money, what her overheads were going to be, you know, what that looked like, whether she was enjoying seeing her clients. Because I thought initially it could be just a passing phase and just a hobby and just a whim. Yeah. But she was committed to doing it and she didn't particularly enjoy it at the beginning. But she learned to love it because she could see the avenue and the freedom that it was mm. going to give her and that autonomy of working for herself. But no, she did not have a large bank balance. Yeah. And when I started in property, I also didn't either. Mm. But there are different creative ways that you can use and that was one of the reasons that I started doing property training courses and yeah. stuff but the market has changed since then you know 
buying big property portfolios with zero money, you know, there are lots of people selling those dreams. Yeah. Um, but sometimes the reality is quite different. So you need to be very careful when you are sold that sizzle and you then go running blindly in because it's not always, a, you know, borrowing money or getting into debt or leveraging bank loans or credit cards and stuff. It's it's a high risk strategy. And I didn't want to have those choices for my kids. I wanted to show them a different way. Mm. And there is a different way. But you need to be not book smart, but you need to have your wits about you. And that's why a lot of people, um, you know, that perhaps have dyslexia or those sorts of things, they have creativity. They've learned to compensate in different ways because they struggled in the classroom. Mm. But people made them feel, you know, teachers weren't able to reach them or they weren't mm. able to deliver education in a way that they could process it so they lost interest at school and then they became labeled as a troublemaker well they weren't they just weren't engaged at school and they had plans and ideas for other things with with regards to just that i guess um god where i was gonna go with that now i've completely forgotten how frustrating don't worry what we talked <laughs> about megan's done that education i've lost it how frustrating it will come back to me. Okay. It will come back to me. So, oh no, that was it. Yes, I remember now. I, I get, so, you know, you going from the physio side of things, going into property, you know, mm -hmm. you've gone on those courses and I guess there's, you know, due to the internet being what it is now and there's mm -hmm. always people throwing out courses. So, what what would you, is there any kind of tips or anything that you would suggest that people need to look out for when finding the credible sources of information oh. versus the ones that aren't? Because again, you know, education, we trust that as an environment and a situation where yeah. what they're giving me, I can definitely go ahead and use. Whereas someone like Tom, Dick and Harry might bump into on the internet, selling he's the just going to sell you an absolute dream yeah. and then run off with your money. So yeah. what in terms of any maybe courses or education that we talk about, you know, when just building your businesses and then continuing as an entrepreneur, shots. how do you know which ones are bollocks and which ones you can definitely... I would never jump into a course. There, there are lots of them that do these tasters and masterclasses, which is totally fine. I would always do your research on the people um, that are delivering the courses. You need to do your own due diligence. You need to read lots of reviews, go into forums, find out different people's experiences. Um, you would always need to do your own research mm. and just never feel pressured into buying. They'll tell you that this is just like, you know, a one-time offer. This is never going to come around again. Mm. Amazing offers, you know, once-in-a-lifetime offers come around 10 times a week. Mm. They really do. Yeah, <laughs> so, just on that is um, when you gave me and Zach those tickets to that uh, mastermind yeah. thing a few years ago, like, yeah. that blew my mind That because there was there was some really great information from the speakers. Yes. Um, definitely those saving pots was like, yes. like a game-changer. Game-changer. But yeah. then there was the other parts of it as well. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the selling of some of the courses. I was like, I get it, but I'm not going to part ways with like three and a half, four grand. You probably weren't ready at that point either. Yeah. So I think it's really important that you perhaps make use of masterclasses, definitely mm. go and broaden your education and your horizons. There are lots of areas with free information. And I would listen to a whole spectrum of people offering something in the niche that you're interested mm. in and then make a considered decision if you want to take the step with them. There are lots of ways that you can start working with somebody that's offering a big ticket value um, package without having to spend a fortune at the beginning. They might offer um, you know, a membership group or something like that where you can get to know them a little bit better. That's a really mm. great 
great way of doing it. But you don't need to jump in with a, a you know, a two thousand or five thousand pound course if you've literally just rocked yeah. up and found them on Instagram, yeah. and you know, five minutes later they're selling to you and they're sort of pressuring you. Particularly if it's a high risk strategy where you're going to be talking about lots of money being invested, um, or you know being an investor or that sort of thing it's if it's if it's in a rush and you're feeling pressured and it just doesn't feel right do not crack on because Mm. you'll be left with a you know a a bad taste in your Mm. mouth and you could be really badly burnt and that money that you might be investing could be what the difference is between you getting started in your business and you know investing in somebody that's going to show you how that's that's not to dismiss investing in yourself for education. Mm. That's really, really important. There's nobody more important that you should be investing in an education than yourself. So I absolutely 100% agree that you should. I've spent thousands and thousands, probably tens and hundreds of thousands on my own self-development and my own learning journey and over the years. Mm. Um, so that is really, really important. But you've got to do your research. You've got to, you know, follow and and find out how those people fit with with your values and your moral compass and whether it just feels right what they're saying does it feel authentic is it genuine how much can i trust them you want people that are transparent and open does it all add up does it feel right because what they might be saying and how their body language is if there's something that your intuition picks up that isn't congruent that just doesn't seem right trust your gut because you know we all have an amazing intrinsic system to be able to work people out when people are aren't telling the truth or they're you know stretching the truth or whatever their body language can't cover it up you know if they're on a one hour masterclass or Mm -hmm. whatever there's going to be things that don't add up with what they're saying and yet how they might look a bit uncomfortable with things they know whether they're delivering genuine material or not so get to know that person if they're 100% genuine and transparent they won't mind you asking questions they'll welcome them Mm -hmm. they'll want you to take your time to feel comfortable nobody should be pushing you into a course or asking you to part money with something just Mm -hmm. just get started with a small investment just see how it fits for you Um, but don't rush into any big big Payments. And I, I guess for final thing as well, actually, not going through this and thinking back, as I say to that course that you you know you managed to get myself and Zach tickets for. It, again, I've, it really showed me, or maybe highlighted actually, how like blinkers on within the normal kind of education system and nine to five mindset. Because I I, I couldn't I I think I, it's something I get my words out. A light bulb like went off. Where it's like, they're teaching me things here, but this isn't like theoretical for once. And it, I couldn't get my head around Real it. Life. I was yeah. I, yeah, I was just like, but I, was like, I, I can't, I don't feel like I can take anything away from this, but mm. I'm still like quite invested into it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that as well, maybe is, is, is a really challenging thing, maybe as well, that maybe puts a barrier in front of people when we're stuck in that education system for, you know, the mm. eight, first 18 years of our life and don't know much else. Mm. It's so difficult to hear a speaker on stage, you know, talk about, you know, if it's managing finances or like goal setting and things like that, mm. which is something I do with my patients. But again, my goal setting is to help a mental health disorder mm-hmm. not like you know develop and build a business yeah yeah and it was it's, it was a really difficult thing to kind of get my head around and I think over the last couple of months again as I've been like on this journey with the pod and things like that that there's bits of it that come back to me that then somehow have this massive light bulb moment that get me over some kind of hurdle that I have with this mm-hmm. um so yeah it's 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 with with maybe anyone that does end up going to any of these kind of um like you know any forums like that or any any of those kind of training days that help from a kind of 
mentor and mindset perspective, what do they need to just, would it just be going in with an open mind or is there things that they need to consider based on, I guess, unplugging themselves from the matrix in some respects? Yeah, I think, I think if you're open to learning, then, Mm. you know, if you're open to new ideas, if you're too fixated and like, oh, it can't be done, it's not possible. Oh, and you're so skeptical, you're probably not in a great place to be open to Mm. new ideas. Because as I said earlier, when, when someone says um, it can't be done, all, all they're really saying is, I don't know I how to do, do it. it. Yeah. I haven't been able to do it. Mm. So throwing shade on somebody else when they're telling you that it can be done um, or whatever isn't probably going to move you into mm. that area. Um, I think you also need to have a look at who you're surrounding yourself with um, because the environment that you're in and the people that you're spending time with, they talk about the five people that you spend the most time with is mm. you know the sum of who you become. And so you're often could be limited by other people's influences and your peers. And you know if they're all in employed roles and you're wanting to branch into self-employment um they're going to be fearful for you because it's not an area that they know anything about and they haven't done that and they're probably career orientated in employment mm-hmm. and so they could dissuade you or sort of throw shade on what you're thinking about doing so again that puts that little seed of doubt oh my god i probably couldn't do it and mindset is such a huge thing you know believing whether you can or whether you believe you can or whether you believe you can't either way you're going to be right you're going to you know move into that self-fulfilling prophecy so if you believe you can't then you probably won't make it but you know I I hear people talking about I always knew I was going to do this or I knew you know they've envisaged it they've had these you know they they've looked into the future and they've sort of walked into that space and that's really important that you are Mm open-minded to believe that that you know anything is possible you know Mm. We can do anything. We can't do everything all at once, but we can do anything. Um, And I think particularly with self-employment, it's about finding a mentor or a guide or somebody that you trust Mm. and thinking, recognizing that you don't have to do everything all at once and that it's small incremental baby steps Mm. and that it's really important that you you just achieve one thing, one thing, one thing, because Mm. all of those things will layer upon, you know, it's called habit stacking. There's a Mm. great book, you know, James Clear, um, Atomic Habits. It's an incredible book helping you to realize that you just have to just do one small thing, one small, and then you look back and suddenly at the end of the week, you've done seven things that have got you so much further. Mm. At the end of a month, you've done 30 things. At the end of the year, look where you've gone from day one to day 365. Mm. It's about that consistency because you don't have to be constant, but you have to be consistent. So how can you do that in your small business? And who do you trust to say, I would like you to help me with my small business? Because there are lots of successful people running um, small businesses or bigger businesses that are able to help. And I I think that that's actually quite an important part that we maybe just keep on having a chat about for a bit longer now, because I guess in today, like day and age as well, particularly from a social media perspective, like there'll be some people that I maybe like haven't heard of before. And in a month's time, they completely blow up. They're everywhere. Mm. And I've that kind of, I think for me, you know, from my own personal experience, looking at individuals that have had that, it feels like such luck that they've maybe just had a... Th- and then you actually go through their Overnight story side success. of stuff. Yeah. And it's like they've been doing it for ages. I mean, again, using Megan as an example, you know, that, not that I would ever... Not that I'm checking into her finances at all, <laughs> but, you know, because I obviously don't catch up with Megan too much but then I see you know when she started as you say going around late at night duh, 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 and yeah. then when we Nobody were moving Zach that, into his they? flat and she's got this like beautiful car now like she's doing really well and yeah but that's been like a five, five years now isn't it five, doing it five or six yeah, years yeah, yeah. yeah and and this is the thing people see this overnight success oh how <laughs> yeah. lucky you are yeah. they don't see the the 
all the hours that you've yeah. put in, all the days, weeks, months, years that you've yeah. actually done to get to this point. So there is very rarely an overnight success. Mm. And, you know, I live a lifestyle now, which I feel hugely blessed for, but that mm. didn't just happen by accident. Mm. This happens because I've been consistent. I've shown up. I've been, you know, incredibly diligent in lots of different areas. And I've consistently, mm. more often than not, made the, the right decision. But it takes time you know and and unfortunately a lot of the social media happens with you know it does glamorize and it, they're often young people and it's like oh my god that seems so unfair they're like mm. 24 how could they be living this lifestyle but you know they might have been on love island they might have had some media exposure because those are the things that do blow them up very yeah. quickly you know you go on a six-week trip on love island and suddenly mm. you've got like two million followers the world is at your feet sure. when you have that because suddenly you're an influencer yeah um, but that's not the story for, but, for most people. We're not Molly May. But well, this is it, right? I mean, you use Molly May as an example. Like, I would say she's still a rarity out of yes, that kind I of Yes, I agree. Show. She's, she's done incredibly yeah. well. And, you know, I would never throw, you know, any darkness on how successful she's been. Mm. She's been incredibly astute and business-minded and stuff. And she's had a great break because she was on Love Island. Yeah. But, you know, she's worked bloody hard. Mm. You know, even you look at Katie Price, you know, yeah. she's always, you know, terrible PR is, is any PR bad PR or whatever yeah. but she's resurrected herself she's incredibly entrepreneurial yeah, yeah. and whether we love her or hate her or agree with what she does or whatever she's an amazing mum she mm. is an amazing businesswoman mm. and you know she has managed to resurrect herself and use her you know her her celebrity status her infamy or whatever it is mm. you know but look at the toll that it's taken on 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 her yeah. she's she's a tormented lady and mm. you know we're very harsh on people we love to build them up and then we shoot them down yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know she's obviously had a real struggle over the last 12 months she's but but people don't give her a break mm. you know whatever you think of her she is a mom she's a she's just like human you being, and me yeah. she's a human being did you just on the uh, the Molly May situation? I don't know. Ooh, maybe if you had, have you have you heard the um, the little snippet that bounced around from the Diary CEO podcast when she said that we've all got twenty four hours in a day and like the world lynched her for saying it. What was, was the? I, so I think she, I did. Sort so of so read within, within context, basically, yeah. I, um, it's uh, she was on Stephen Bartlett's. Um, yes, podcast, I saw that yeah. she was on his podcast. And but they were just having a general conversation, mm. obviously, things. And I haven't watched the full thing through, but the snippet that came out was we all have twenty four hours in a day, which we do, and, which we do, yeah, yeah. And she she got absolutely lynched for it because obviously then people bring in the other variables of mm. Molly May being blonde, quite good looking, obviously come from quite a well off background and family as well. And I, I've I've had a few disagreements with um, a few individuals because I know what she's saying and where she's coming from, but I feel like people have peppered that little bit to say, well, yeah, but you know she's a white blonde female and she's come from a middle class background. But yeah. the thing is, it's just like, yeah, but she's not wrong though. Like, take that area out of it because that wasn't we the can't setup help for where the conversation. We come from. Yeah. And this is my point. And I, yeah. I think um, again, I had a conversation, um, I was having a conversation with my girlfriend about it the other day actually as well because uh, Kim Kardashian made another statement of uh, get up off your ass and just work. Yes, I saw that. And one. I I get that. You know that obviously she's probably again another individual that is that people would say is quite cheeky to say that. But on my reflection of things, I would say, look, at the end of the day, her dad passed away, and they were left with some mm. significant crumbs from their dad. But mm -hmm. if they didn't do anything with it, the money would have run out eventually. Yeah. 
And that's where I see from the perspective of, look, yes, they might have started off really well. Again, maybe going back to our earlier point of saying, well, what if I don't have the finances? But I feel like we covered that quite nicely today as well, just to say you just need to work into the late hours. Yeah. But yeah, just in terms of just having that, that, that mindset of only certain individuals can tell me something and then others can't is a bit of a shame. I yes, think. it is. And I, you know, it's interesting that both of them are women. It doesn't feel that there is an equality either for, for women to be able to say mm. those sorts of things because would there have been such a kerfuffle if a bloke had said it? Um, yeah. But yeah, we can't help, you know, being a single white female or, mm. you know, being blonde or whatever it is, you know, but she, I know she obviously cultivates a, a persona or whatever, yeah. but she has worked bloody hard. And so yeah. has Kim Kardashian, yeah. you know, she has a lot of privilege yeah. now, but you know, they work really, really hard. And mm. yes, people say, oh, it's easy because they've got, you know, personal stylists and mm. nutritionists and mm. yes, they do. But you know, it all feeds into this whole machine of their yeah. self-employed and, business yeah, life and things. Sure. But they take the flack in the same way that, you know, <laughs> Megan doesn't have all of that. Yeah. You know, she's she's not earning the same bank balance as them, but yeah. she doesn't have the same critical eye and yeah. that pressure on them in order to be able to deliver. Mm. So there's always a trade-off in everybody's yeah. life. However envious and jealous we might look and feel over some celebrity's lifestyle, would we really trade places with it? Because I certainly would never swap my lifestyle for somebody in the public eye and have that um that scrutiny um it's exhausting and you know a private life is a happy life yeah